Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This call is neat in one way in in that you get to talk about things that don't always quite relate to Latin, but relate to English, uh, since we're talking about Latin and English. And I came across an interesting English expression the other day that I'd like to know if you guys have ever heard. I've never heard it. Um, Someone in my wife's uh, Bible study class heard it and was talking about it. And then she told me and we looked it up. That's the expression. And it's mostly used in England, more, more in England than here. In fact, I've never heard it used over here. Um, but it's the expression in English, Bob's your uncle. You ever heard that expression? Bob's your uncle. And if you really want to be emphatic, you say, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Never heard I had that. never I've heard, heard, heard of the first part, but not the second. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Do you know what Bob's your uncle means? No. It means sort of like, well, that's it. That's the fact. Yeah, or or even things are thing you got it made. You're doing the right thing. It's easy. Uh, um, and the reason that this expression exists is somewhere back in the 1800s, probably under Queen Victoria, I would think there was a prime minister named Robert something Peel, perhaps, and he appointed his nephew to a real cushy kind of job, and people kind of resented it, and so they got saying, "Well, Bob's your uncle. Of course you can do that. Bob's your uncle." And if you really wanted to be emphatic, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. I guess his wife's name was Fanny. And so it got to mean that's easy because obviously you got it made because Bob's your uncle. So like if I wanted to say, uh, you want to come to my house, turn left, uh, go down uh, Charter Road, turn right, go down uh, uh, Friendship Road, and Bob's your uncle, meaning it's easy from there. There you are. You know, you, you're there. Uh, or it can mean you could say, well, of course, uh, of course, you're going to do very well on this job. Bob's your uncle. In other words, you got you got it made. You're you're smart or, or maybe, you know, the right person to get you done or something. So I thought that was interesting. I, I'd never heard that expression before, but evidently in England, it's quite common. Um, so anyway, let's look at our prefixes for today. And I sent these notes. I kind out. of heard it. No. Before, um, but I was too young to understand what, what it really meant, you know, when we were stationed over there. Is that right? Were you in England? You were in England for a while then, huh? Yes. Yes, we were there for about three years. Very good. In Essex, Essex County. Mm. Okay. Uh, I had an English Latin professor once, and the main thing I noticed about his Latin was that the word Q-U-E, que. He somehow or another, he said it with an English accent. It came out more like quit. But other than that, his Latin was pretty much the same as mine was. And he did a, he did a very good job. He taught me the, uh, he was a very well-known person. He published um, a two-volume book on the Aeneid. So he was a very good, good person to have. I just happened to be at Penn State when he was visiting there. Uh, I was lucky enough to have him. Anyway, um, let's look at uh, these prefixes. Pair, and a lot, and again, these are all a lot of these are prepositions as well in Latin. Pair as a preposition means through, but as a prefix, it means through or thoroughly, or sometimes it just means like more so, very much so. It's like it adds, uh, you know, strength to it. So perfect, the fact part means done, and the pair part means done thoroughly, therefore complete. Uh, something done completely 
is perfect. If something is perfect, it's complete. Really, that's what the word means. Pervert. If you pervert, it means you are turned as far from the right direction as you can be turned. Uh, uh, ruined, in other words, sort of. And then we have our, our word perambulator, which is, remember what a perambulator is? A baby stroller. A baby carriage, because you walk through. Ambulator, that part is the walker, and the pair, you're walking through, like take the little kid through the park. Uh, anybody heard any other, uh, think of any other words with per? Well, how about pertain? I was wondering if pertain would work for that. Yep, tain, the tain part is hold, and the per part is like hold through something or to something, and therefore it means like something that holds through to what you're talking about, like that, that makes sense, that connects uh, to what you're talking about. Um. Perseverance. Perseverance is like doing something, persevering, doing it completely. Keep doing it. Continue to do it. Per, hey, hey, per, to pertain is to not have a non sequitur. <laughs> That's right. You're exactly right. correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, what else? Anybody think of any other? About perceive. The sieve part means, per, means to, to receive to uh, accept and the per completely. So if you perceive something, you get it, you get it completely. The perception, of course, is the, is the noun form of that. Uh, oh, permission. Say it again, Beth. Permit, permission. Per permit, permission. Now that's a funny one, really, because the, the mito means to send and the pair means, you know, through. So to send through, therefore to let someone I guess, do something. It's a little funny, some of these to, to, to kind of figure them, figure them out, but uh, permit, permission, uh, perturb. The turb part means disturb and the per means completely, completely disturb. Okay. Any other? Oh, here's the permanent, permanent. Monent. Moneo is a word we've had. Remember what it means? To remain. And the pair means through. So to remain till the end, like to remain forever, permanent. Um, so that's a good one. I'm sorry. How about per oh, yeah. pernicious? How about pernicious? Pernicious. Okay. N the nicious part has to do with, with ruin and like pair thoroughly, to yep. ruin thoroughly, ruining thoroughly. Something that is ruined thoroughly or that ruins thoroughly is pernicious. Yeah, that's uh, perpetuity, I guess. Per perpetuity. Yeah. Uh, now that one, I don't know for sure whether the pair is part of that one or is there, there is a Latin word perpetuous, um, which I suppose the pair means thoroughly, perpetuous means like uh, lasting or something like that. So lasting for a long time. Yeah. First, I was going to say, doesn't mean doesn't it mean like continuous? Because yeah. when they yeah, talk about mother keep, of perpetual help, yep, keep um, going, lasting forever, continuing. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. What was that? Um, it's Aaron. I I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but what about um, perspicacity or something like that? Yep, yep that's a good one. Pers the spick part, 
Spicuous means, you know, looking, seeing. And the pair means seeing completely or, you know, thoroughly. So if you have perspicacity, you are able to see things thoroughly and understand them. How about persist? Persistence. Yep. Persist. Sis, the sisto part um, means to, you know, hang in there. It's sort of uh, related to sto in a way that you've had. And then the pair thoroughly or completely. So you're, you're, you're continuing on to, to hold on to something or to keep doing something. Uh, um, I was thinking of one and now I can't think of it. Uh, uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Of course, things like promotion, um, motion is to, oh, I'm sorry. That's, I guess that's more promotion, isn't it? Yes. To move forward. I think that's in the next one. Um, post post means after if you postpone something, you put it off until later until after Postscript is, you know, PS in a letter after written, you write a little bit and you think of something more to say. I don't think we use that much anymore. Maybe posterior, your posterior is your rear. So it's what comes <laughs> after you walk forward. Um, and post haste is just a way of saying you're going to hurry as quickly as you can. I'm a posterity. Posterity are people who come after you like your descendants. Uh, and uh, did I say postpone? Uh, you put, yeah, I did. Um, hmm. Postmortem. Postmortem, of course, after death. Yes, there it's used as a preposition because it's two words. So you have the post after yeah. and the mortem death. Yeah, I'm curious anyway. about something that the postscript and we have the PS mm -hmm. and then you have PPS. Is that like post postscript? Post postscript. Yeah. And that really is. It really is postscriptum and post postscriptum. Yeah. <laughs> and then that got shortened to script. So, yeah. Um, pre before in front of. And in English, that, that word pry usually becomes pre. So in English, it's not usually P-R-A-E. It's usually P-R-E. And you get things like precede, meaning what? To go forward. Um, predecessor is someone who prescribes something. Prescribe. There we are. You write, you write beforehand what you want somebody to have. Like the doctor writes it down, and then you go get it. Um, predecessor is someone who... Uh, came before you. Uh, if you pre if someone predeceases someone, they die before. Uh, predetermined something that's predetermined happens before. I was already was already decided on before. What are premonition? Premonition. Premonition. Warn um, before. Warn yeah. before. She, yeah. Prem. <laughs> P R E. I don't know what the pre, I don't know what the monition there is. But of course, oh, I know. Yes, I do. It means a warning before right. a war being warned before something actually happens. Oh, right. it's almost like precognition. Yeah. Precognition, knowing something. The cognition part is knowing and the pre knowing before predict to say before dict the dict part to say and the pre part before to say before something happens. Like the weatherman predicts it before it actually happens, if indeed it does at all. Uh, with weather, you never know. Um, 
Pro means for or forward. Uh, and we get words like promote to, to move forward, produce to lead forward or product is something that's brought forth and process is going forward. Something that moves you forward like a process. And then uh, it's interesting that you said pro meaning, um, you know, we, we th- went through all the, the forward things, but then there's the pro meaning for, as opposed to con the pros and the right, con, right, like right, right, right. Right. In fact, didn't we have con as an earlier prefix? Yes. I think yeah. we did. And so, yes, that's that's right. Uh, and so we have pro-life, pro-choice, pro, right. you know, whatever. Right, right, exactly. But where uh, does oh, no, no. where does professional come from? You know, I mean, uh, you know, I've always wondered the profess, profession. The fess, the fess part comes from a Latin word meaning to say, fate or Oh, yes. Yes. And so it comes from a word to say. So you're saying, so a professor says forth or says for. And um, so if you profess something, you speak for it or speak out for it. And a profession, profession would be, it's something that you speak forth about, uh, something you, you know, give your best to, I guess the idea is, or or talk about or are for. of course, I, I suppose that kind of comes from like profess or profession, uh, professor, you know, something you would profess about is your profession. Because the ION makes it, you know, a, something you do, like, uh, you know, profession is something you would speak out for or about. Progeny. Progeny, yeah. The Jenny, that part uh, means br- people who are born fourth um how about provost at a university they have provost i didn't know if that uh that's that would be one that would definitely be one but i don't know what the vost part is we should look that one up i was going to look up some for you this week and i forgot we should look up provost that's a very good one um and i don't know what that of course there's a provost marshal in the army too or in the you know in the service what was that greg I didn't say anything. Somebody else oh. said something. I, I didn't no, I said it. pro bono. Pro bono. Okay. Again, that's, that's two good. words for good. So if a lawyer or somebody works for you pro bono, they're not getting paid for it. They're doing it for the good of the of the world or something or of, the, of this community, whatever. Any other? All right. Ray or red back again. And we get words like, and this is one, you you know this without me even teaching you. Uh, you know, if you redo something, you do it again. Reduce, you lead off your weight or lead it from you. Refer, you take something back to someone. So if I refer you to something, I take you back to it. Reiterate, iterate means to speak or whatever. And if you reiterate, you speak it again. Oh, is there any relation to things like reticent or, you know, I know that's not directly a, um, a prefix, but the word reticent, like if somebody's reticent to something. Uh, yes, I think there is. Um, I believe that would come from the Latin word ticesco, meaning to be silent. And so if you're reticent, 
I suppose you're silent again. You're, you know, like silent all over again. You're very silent, in other words. Uh, so that's a good one. And that one holds true in French, that R-E, and I suppose in Spanish too, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like if you put a ray on something, does it mean again? Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good one. That's, you know, pretty, I guess, common to the Romance language is that re, re one. Say. Say is actually a pronoun in Latin, meaning self, himself, herself, itself. But as a prefix, it means a part or from. Um, and we get words like secrete, something that secretes, uh, like gives out from itself, something like a gland that secretes. If you seduce someone, you lead them from the proper path. That's the idea. I mean, right away when we do it, we think of sex or something, but it really means leading them, what we might say, leading them down the garden path. Um, And of course, separate. The parate part means to prepare. And if you set parate, you prepare it apart. So uh, I was trying to think if we had any other ones. I'm sure we'll think of some more. They're the ones I thought of anyway, as we were as I was making this list. Um, Semi. This is an easy one. This is one everybody knows. Half or partly. So you got things like semi-annual, meaning uh, what? Taking uh, something that happens semi-annual happens, you know, uh, during every six months, two halves of the year, right? Right. Uh, semi-automatic is something that is not always automatic. It's partly automatic. Um, there's a thing in Latin called semi-deponent verbs, which are verbs that are partly deponent, partly not. You'll find out what they are later, maybe. Uh, what about semicolon? I don't know what a colon looks like. But yeah, I, I don't bet either. You, I bet you a dollar that a semicolon looks like half a colon. I don't know that for sure, okay. but I, that that's true. Somebody who can see could tell us that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anybody think of any others of these? We're almost done with these. Maybe it's the use of the semicolon as much as the appearance of it. It may, it may be. It may be. that may, That's a good point. It could be that it's not used quite as completely as a colon is like a colon brings you kind of to a complete stop. Of course, a semicolon right. does can too, but colon's more, you know, vigorous maybe than a semicolon. But it's true. It's true that a colon is two dots on top of each other, and a semicolon is a dot on the top and a comma on the bottom. So, okay. so it so is, is kind of half, half. It's half a colon, right? That's it. Then. That's <laughs> In it, Spanish, then. Um, it's um, a semicolon is um, punto y coma which means a dot and a comma and dos puntos means um, it means semi, it means colon. Right. And when, what, what always puzzled me, and I did think this through at one time, that if dos puntos um, is two dots and that's a colon, wouldn't the one dot be half of it? Because that'd be half of two dots. I don't mm. like that where a, a, a dot and a comma would be a half of a colon. You know what I yeah. mean? That, that always puzzled me. I don't know what a comma looks like either in print. And maybe it's a dot. I don't know. 
I don't know. Very good. Very good point. Ale effect to it. I don't know. What is it in French, uh, uh, caller? It's like de point. Isn't a colon de, de point, point or de? Yeah, de point. De point. And uh, I don't know what a semicolon there. I don't know what a semicolon is. The only reason I know de point is because when you type it on the computer, uh, it says that. A semicolon right. in French is virgule. No, a comma is virgule in French. Yep. Virgule is, virgule is, is comma. I don't know. And that's an interesting word, too, because vergule, I think, has to do with a stick. <laughs> somehow yes, or other. It does. Yeah. But so that's kind of, uh, I don't know. All right. I, I now, just, I just, I think, I think probably somebody hit it on the, you know, and they said usage might be part of the crux of this thing, too. Yeah, because it could be. It could be. I don't know. And, in reading, aren't you? Isn't it supposed to be like a beat? A comma is one beat, a semicolon is two beats, and a colon is three beats. Like if you're going to pause when you're that's read. interesting. That's probably true. Yeah, that's how, that's the it. purpose. Yeah, to like a period means end, right? Right, <laughs> four, four beats. Yeah, but this, but the colon means a pause, like right. the following. Like it'll say, you know, right. here is the following colon, and then you go <laughs> on with it. So it's a little different than a period. Right. It means something's mm -hmm. happening, you know. So that's good points you guys are making. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the verbs. And the problem I had when I was in Latin one was we would learn a verb system and then we would go on to the next conjugation and then we would go on to the next conjugation. And I never took the time to compare them. And so I didn't really, I got sort of mixed up as to what did what when. And so when I taught, I sort of thought, I want my students to be able to put all these verbs together in a way that'll be fun and that'll help them to remember what they are. And so I came up with this song that I'm going to teach you guys today, but I want to show it to you first and talk about it. Some of you who don't get the notes or who don't get them in Braille, uh, this can make better sense to you. What I did was simply list all the infinitives across the line. So for example, A-R-E, remember the infinitive is the part of the verb that means to do something. First conjugation is mm -hmm. A-R-E. Next to it, I put a long E-R-E because that's the second conjugation infinitive. Next to it, I put a short E-R-E because that's a third conjugation infinitive. Next to that, I put a short E-R-E again because that's third I-O conjugation infinitive. And next to that, I put I-R-E because that's the fourth conjugation infinitive. And so I have A-R-E, long E-R-E, 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 I-R-E. And so to help the kids remember that, I made a little song up. And the song I wrote down below the notes, but I'll just sing it to you now and you'll see how Can it I goes. Can I ask a question? Sure. All right. I'm still a bit confused. I apologize. But what you mean by a first conjugation and a second? I mean, I know we have like, we love, I love, he loves, she loves, you love. Is that what we're talking about when we talk about conjugation? Yes, that's conjugating a verb. When you say, I love, you love, he loves, that's conjugating a verb. Right. But the group, some verbs are conjugated a little different from others. And so to tell you what group they belong to, we say, okay, the, the first conjugation verbs, the stem is A, the infinitive is A, R, E. Okay. Like in French. Uh, Chanel, like in French, we would say the first, you could say the first conjugation of verbs in French is the ER verbs, jouer. Right. The second conjugation okay. is RE verbs like prendre. The third so. conjugation is IR verbs like 
Finir. Just conquered. Okay. Categorizing the different right. types. And of the verbs. fourth Got conjugation it. is like those ones like sortier, partier, those things. Actually, I right. think they're considered third and I third, think the others maybe. are fourth. But anyway, um, yeah. And okay. so that's what we're doing with Latin. The ones okay. that have A or A-R-E, the ones that have E-O or long E-R-E, the ones that have uh, short uh, e is uh, short ere. They're the ones that go o i s i t. Then the ones that are i o verbs are short ere also. And then the fourth conjugation is ire. So it's a way of kind of grouping them. And so to help the students remember that what the infinitives are, I made up a little song and it goes like this: First conjugation is a r e. Second conjugation has long e r e. Third conjugation has e r e. Third I O has E R E and fourth conjugation has I R E. Like that. So first conjugation has A R E. Second conjugation has long E R E. Third conjugation has E R E. Third I O has E R E and fourth conjugation has I R E. Now, Ooh, that's I, pretty cool. Then I do the same thing with going across with the conjugation because it's nice to know o s t m u s t i s and n d right that's nice to know that that o means i s means you t means he she it mus means we tis means you n t means they we've learned that remember the song o is i s is you etc we learned that song everybody knows that song i think everybody knows that song. taps yeah yeah and and that shows us our verbs our endings. But what do you put the endings on? And so this song is going to show you. If it's a first conjugation verb, down below the infinitives, I wrote O, just an O is all you put on the stem. EO for second conjugation verbs, just O for third conjugation verbs, IO for third IO verbs, and IO for fourth conjugation verbs. So this, the next verse of the song goes, First conjugation has, uh, I'm sorry, first conjugation has just O, second conjugation has E-O, third conjugation has just O, third I-O, and fourth you know, they both end in I-O. So first conjugation has just O, second conjugation has E-O, third conjugation has just O, third I-O, and fourth you know, they both end in I-O. And then down below, I wrote A-S, E-S, I-S, 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 which is the U, which is the one that means you. And so I wrote, first conjugation has A-S, second conjugation has E-S, third conjugation has I-S, third I-O, and fourth to can guess, they both end in I-S. Okay, so let's try it again. First conjugation has A-S, second conjugation has E-S, third conjugation has I-S, third I-O, and fourth again, guess, they both end in I-S. All right, second, now, now we have A-T, E-T, I-T, I-T, I-T for he, she, it. So, first conjugation has A-T, second conjugation has E-T, third conjugation has I-T, third I-O, and fourth you can see, they both end in I-T. There we are. First conjugation has A-T, second conjugation has E-T, third conjugation has I-T, third I-O, and fourth you can see, they both end in I-T. There we are. Now, the next uh, line of my notes has A-M-U-S, E-M-U-S, I-M-U-S, 
I-M-U-S, and long I-M-U-S. And I don't worry about the long mark. And so, first conjugation has A-M-U-S. Second conjugation has E-M-U-S. Third conjugation has I-M-U-S. Third I-O and fourth, you can guess, they both end in I-M-U-S. There we go. First conjugation has A-M-U-S. Second conjugation has E-M-U-S. Third conjugation has I-M-U-S. Third I-O and fourth, you can guess, they both end in I-M-U-S. Okay, then the next line of my notes, I have A-T-I-S, E-T-I-S, I-T-I-S, I-T-I-S, and long I-T-I-S. I don't worry about the long mark. So first conjugation has A-T-I-S, second conjugation has E-T-I-S, third conjugation has I-T-I-S, third I-O, and fourth O-E-S. They both end in I-T-I-S. So first conjugation has A-T-I-S, second conjugation has E-T-I-S, third conjugation has I-T-I-S, third I-O, and fourth O-E-S. They both end in I-T-I-S. Now we got one more verse. First conjugation has A-N-T, second conjugation has E-N-T, third conjugation has U-N-T, third I-O, and fourth you can see, they both end in I-U-N-T. Okay, so we go. First conjugation has A-N-T, second conjugation has E-N-T, third conjugation has U-N-T, third I-O, and fourth you can see, they both end in I-U-N-T. And clap your hands at the end because you're glad to be done. And there we are. And so I used to tell my students, this song should be number one on your verb hit parade. If you can learn <laughs> your verbs. Awesome. You <laughs> so you can, mm -hmm. you can sing this during the week to yourself. And actually, they've done some studies. Carla might know more about this than I yes. do. But they've done some studies and they found that sometimes it's better to learn something like instead of learning it as a conjugation, learning a, you know, learning O, A, S, A, T, A, M, U, S, A, T, I, S, A, N, T. Somewhere along the line, you got to put it together. And instead of that, learn it all the way across like A, S, E, S, I, S, I, S, I, S. That way you get the, the point, you get the, the pattern. Yes, I find that in Spanish and, French, and Spanish and Latin, what I do is I, um, I teach them the, the conjugation separately. And then at the end, you know, when we need to have them all, I put them in a table like you just did. Right. And it helps. By the way, this is, this is playing heck with a linear Braille display. What you I know. Augustus, what you really need to do or what I really need to do is to write them out on a hard copy piece of paper. Probably so. Which I don't have, but well, yeah. See, I, I, wrote mean, them, I didn't curtains. try to put them in columns. Don't I don't know how to make columns. Um, on the Mac, you can't, I on, you can't really on a um, you know linear Braille display. Right. I you just know, wrote them right displays. next to each other. Yes, that actually really helps awesome. a lot because that that's yeah that's better. Really that's does. what I did, so but I don't know I how would... to make a meaningful. And now in my Braille display, they just go right across the line. Yeah, yes, mine too. So yeah. I would say that I would take and I'm going to do this. Take my Perkins Brailler and just sit down and mm -hmm. copy them on a hard and make columns. Yeah. yeah, and maybe you can do that on a computer. And I just don't know enough about how to do it. I, I don't. Had a question. Um, yes. Does Latin? It probably doesn't because it's a quote unquote dead language, although it lives through other languages. But does Latin have a productive class of verbs or not? What, I know. What does that mean? Okay, um, I know this is going to sound counterintuitive, but French, the productive class of verbs would be the ER group because any new 
Um, most new phrases that become verbs are um, added, like the Spanish would go be, become an AR verb, like radiografiar, for example. Oh, oh, so oh is so there okay. a does, is was there when Latin was growing a productive class of verbs that you know of? That that's what a, they call it. it's a linguistic question. That really. is a very interesting question, and I do not know the answer to it. Um, and I, I should have taken that course at Penn State called the History of the Latin Language, which I did not take. Uh, well, see, I, I took linguistical taken. Latin and uh, pedagogical Latin, how you relate Latin to the teaching of other languages. And we talked about mm. progress, um, productive classes, and I stumped my professor with that question. Maybe if I had to guess, I would say first conjugation. I would say either first or third, but I think first probably. But I can't think of an example of it because, of course, when you see a Latin word in some book, you don't know whether it you don't know how it developed. The only way you can tell how it developed, if you happen to know, if you happen to see an early author and he used it and some later author used it a little different, then you can kind of maybe you could look at medieval Latin, too, and see what words came in new that wouldn't have been in Roman times that are in Latin and see what verbs they what they did. I bet you it's first conjugation. If but, I yes, I could go through how Latin went through, um, you know, old French and, you know, maybe mm -hmm, trace mm -hmm. it that way. Well, and the lost... other question that I had is why um, the third, you know, the, you know, the EO verbs and all that, why they made, made them over two different conjugations or kept two, they didn't make them over two conjugations. You know what I'm trying to say? You mean the I, why do you have a third and a third IO? Yes. And not instead of just having a third or something else and a fourth. Yeah. Or why because not? they're so, they're almost no difference from the third. The only difference are the IO and the, and the IUNT. Other than that, they're just like the regular third. They never change. Um, in the imperfect, they're exactly like third. In the future, they're exactly like third, except that in the future, they have the, they have the extra I in there in the imperfect. And in the future, they have the extra I. But other than that I, they're just like the third. Although you could also say, you could also say, except for the infinitive and except for the long vowel, they're just like the fourth too. So they're kind of, they kind of straddle two conjugations. That's something I always wondered too. And yeah. they gave me a clear answer on that. It's a good, uh, it's a good, a very good question. And I don't know enough to, about linguistics to tell you. I'd avoid, I avoided that course, uh, the history of the Latin language. I didn't particularly care for the professor, so I didn't take it, but I probably should have taken it because a lot of times you get answers to questions that people ask uh, why something happens, you know, what I always told my students, when you ask me why something happens, I could say, go take a, six month course on the history of the Latin language. And then you still wouldn't know really. So. <laughs> well, you anyway. take the linguistical Latin, the linguistical um, etymology course. It, it, it helps to prepare you if you're doing technical translating, believe it or not. I believe you know, that technical translator. And, yeah. you know, that's, I actually like that stuff better than literature. I know I'm a nerd and I'm weird, but. Oh, you know, I, I really love that stuff. You know, give me a good verb to conjugate any day, you know. And yeah, yeah. Now, the next thing I did in my notes was give you a whole list of every verb that we have ever had. I don't give you the meanings to them because I want you to, you might have to look back. I guess I really should have given you the meanings, but I didn't. Um, and what I really wanted to do by this list was uh, make you review the meanings from other 
notes. And also, and by the way, the recordings, um, they have gotten all the recordings up to, I think, a like lesson, maybe what, 17, 16, something like that. So if you go look for them, you will find some more recordings. Um, they are up, and I, I guess they're putting new ones up all the time. If you um, can't remember the meaning of a word, you might be able to con- to coax Alexa to give it to you. Yeah, she was finding meanings on Alexa of the Latin words. If you phrase it the right way, but you kind of, it'll tell you it doesn't translate Latin. But if you say, I'm trying to think how I finally, something like, what is the Latin meaning of the word? And then you have to spell it because in many cases it won't know what you're saying. So, Does your phone do better with it than the Alexa? Did you try it with um, your phone? I'm sorry, why did I say that? Because I was doing it on my phone. I was wondering. I didn't think you did it on that, but yeah, I wasn't. Why was, why was, I don't even know why I said The phone that. should work pretty um, well. I, I knew I was talking to something. I, <laughs> I think I talked to too much stuff. I don't know what I'm talking to. Um, but, yeah, I was talking to my phone. Actually, I don't think Alexa would do it. See if Alexa will right now. Just ask her what a kippio means. Alexa, what is the Latin meaning of the word A-C-C-I-P-I-O? Here's something I found on the web. According to wikipedia.org, the word is Latin from a verb meaning to amass. A verb to meaning amass? To... Amass? Well, that's not right. <laughs> anyway, some of them might, you know, you might, uh, you might get somewhere with it. I don't know. <laughs> what does a kipio mean? Does anyone remember? I, I could, I had trouble remembering Accept? Yeah, accept or receive. Yeah, okay. So anyway, the main reason I gave you this list was to see if you could tell me what conjugation verbs are. Even after we did this song, you might not remember. If you have a short ERE, like a kippere, what conjugation does that verb belong to? Second? Nope, because it's not oh. long ERE. Remember oh. third in conjugation, that's long ERE. Third. 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 It's third, but since it's Occupio, it's third I-O. I-O. What about Augure, oh, yeah. short E-R-E? Third. Third. What about Amare, third. A-R-E? What third. about Aldire? That would be the fourth one. Yep. What about Copare? I think it would be fourth. Yes. Which one? Aldire is fourth. What about Copare? Would be the second. Third. Third IO, because it's oh, copio. Third I- yeah, third I, I list Sorry. I list the first two principal yeah. parts of the verb. Copio, copere. So if it has IO and then it has short ERE, it's going to be third IO. Oh, but I'm if it's I R E, it's going to be fourth. Thing. I'm just looking at these this list of infinitives. Yes. Of verbs and infinitives. So like cupio. Cupio, cupere. Yeah. That would be third IO. Yep, third I.O., um, et cetera. And so that's why I gave it to you, really. Well, now, here's one. What's docere, long E-R-E? It's 19 till. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, what does castigo mean? To punish. Okay. Like to chastise. Punish, yeah. Did we have a sentence? I think we had the sentence in here. Quis bene amat bene castigat. Yes, we did. Did, did we ever have that sentence? Yes. I think we did. Uh, meaning God. Uh, now, or, or actually not meaning God. He who loves well could mean a he father. Well, he who loves well 
punish as well. Yeah. That was the that was the sentence. I have teachers. I had teachers like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got accused of being a teacher like that too. But <laughs> oh, you did, huh? Uh, now, what I wanted to do before we do our Trojan War, which I usually like to do at twenty of, I wanted to look at these two readings that we had. Uh, one second, let me get to. Would that be uh, after the verbs? Uh, yes. And, or, or else you could even look at lesson 19 if you wanted to. Wait a minute. What am I doing? That's what I'm doing. No. Okay, you put these verbs in alphabetical order for us, too. Yes, I did. I, I tried, tried to help you guys. Okay, let's see. Oh, wait a minute. It's taking me a second here. What are you looking for? I'm going back to these readings. Oh, in lesson 19? Yeah. Community uh, Latin. There we go. Here I we gotta go. see where I am. Well, they're in yeah. they're in they're in the note. You're in your notes. They're not in Oh, the I, I had a quick question while you're doing that. Okay. There was something in the notes this last time that was a, a it, it was a graphic and it sent my braille display to Kingdom Come. Oh, and I have no idea what it is. Where you mean it? that thing that looks like an eye? It's like C I D uh, it looked like a colon C L I P I M image. It says image zero two graphic. And I don't know where some of this stuff comes where, from. Where did you see that? Oh my gosh! Right before the exercises, uh, he is coming. He is afraid. I uh, might have gotten some. I can't. I just took out. Know? I just took out. Sometimes I just take out stuff. It might. Uh, let me see. I have no I'll idea. Look, what I'll, tell you what, I'll have to look on my computer and see what I wrote there, and see see uh, you know what's what got put in there. I don't know. At Sometimes it, things it froze the touch plus at oh first, but then I goodness. got by it. But I have no idea what that thing is. Well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Well, <laughs> well the Brannis phase are just really strange. I mean, they they're, are. They're, they're worse than they used to be, really. And I, I agree. I, just, I really fight with them because they. They don't allow you to maintain unless you go into like computer braille or whatever to maintain what you want to maintain. Uh, the braille light used to kind of let you do whatever you wanted. I like that. Apex is better that way, but it was right before the exercises. Yeah, Mine right look. before the exercises looks fine, but um, this thing converts it to text, I guess. So maybe that takes the images yeah, I, out i'm so used to just like fixing whatever i don't like so i don't remember <laughs> it's there, this is after. unfixable unless i don't know how to fix it well the brain yeah. touch gets frozen up so easily oh sometimes. it does it drives me yeah. up a tree yeah. I, I could are you use that on the braille display or on the computer am um, i what braille display i was asking her if she was editing that on the braille display oh, or on the computer no. on the on the braille display I, of it I do. I've I've done some of this on the braille display. I I don't use my computer very much, so yeah. She's just. Are we looking in lesson? Do you want us to go back to nine? Well, it's in your lesson twenty, also, I believe. 
Uh, it is? Yes. It's, I think oh, you I mean think the answers? The, the oh. story, no, no, no. The stories are there. I think in oh, your lesson, stories. it would be after the exercises. I'm looking at this stuff. I don't Okay, like, so you're I, not I doing like anything with those exercises. Not yet. Well, some of them are homework. The ones that you got there are homework. Well, no, but they were homework last week. No, no, not the ones in lesson 20 aren't. Ones in no, lesson two ones. Okay. Then we had the answers for nineteen. Right. No, but we went back to right. nineteen. Yeah, you well, I'm going back to, back to nineteen just because I want to talk about these readings, these readings. Like the ones that says one that says, uh, "I don't like you." That one. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to find it. Oh, here it and is. I, I got it. The one that says, false "No, no, I'm hmm? Found false teeth. Yeah. Okay. Right above false oh, teeth. Oh, there it is. I don't like you. Now, last week I want—I didn't read this right. It goes non amute sabidi nek posum dikere quare, hoc tantum posum dikere non amute. And I think we translated that last week. I don't like you, Sabidius, nor can I say why. I can only say this: I don't like you. And we talked about epigrams, kind of having a surprise at the end that you might not expect. Um, uh, this poem is famous because of a translation made at Oxford or at Christ College in England. Some student there named Tom Brown did something he wasn't supposed to do, and he got called in the dean's office. And the dean's name was Dr. Fell, John Fell. And the dean said, Tom, I think he must, must have liked Tom. He said, Tom, if you can translate this Latin poem without looking anything up in a dictionary, just right now on the spot, you can translate this poem I'll forgive you for whatever you did. And so Tom, you know, in those days, they had Latin by the bucket full by this time. And so this should have been a pretty easy translation. But I guess Tom was kind of ticked off that he got caught. And so he made a translation that has become kind of famous of this poem, which says, I do not love thee, Dr. Fell. The reason why I cannot tell. But this alone I know full well. I do not love thee, Dr. Fell. And presumably, he still got let off of his punishment, whatever it was. But uh, you might have heard that translation at some point. Now, this one called false teeth. This is an interesting one because it just sheds a little bit of light on dental hygiene back in Roman times. You know, they say that if you suddenly went back to ancient Rome, you know what you would mind the worst? Other than not having a cell phone and not having a computer. You know what would bother you the most? Smell. Your teeth. Smells because yeah. the Romans were very clean people. They bathed every day, but their clothing, they washed their togas in urine to take the white to whiten oh. them. And so you're walking around with a toga that was washed in urine. And then there is a poem in Latin that, that we're not going to read yet, but it's, uh, it's by this guy. And he says, this guy has real white looking teeth. Why are his teeth so white? Because he brushes them with urine. Yeah. And uh, you can imagine his breath would have been enough to kill you. Uh, I hope he doesn't accidentally swallow anything. Oh, that, would, <laughs> that would be another thing. You know, you talk about this toothpaste that has sex appeal today. Well, in those days, it would be urine. I mean, I guess for the whiteness, at least. So this is just another little <laughs> glimpse of that. It says, Ties habit negros, niwe os lycania dentes. Now, I want you to notice something. You have two girls here, a girl named Tice and a girl named Lycania. Now, notice the way that they've done this. You can't do this in English very well. They've got these girls facing each other, kind of, 
because they've got Tice and Lacania are the second to last word or the first. Uh, she's the first word. And then at the end of the line, she's the second to the last word. And so it's almost like they're facing off with each other. And then you have Negros and Niweos right next to each other, which kind of shows that we're really honing in on those words. Negros means black. Niweos means snowy white, pearly white. And so we know that a girl named Tice, what an ugly name, has something white, uh, something black. And Lycania has something white. And we don't find out to the end of the line what it is. It's teeth. Okay. So it says Tice has black teeth. Lycania has white teeth. You, the only way you can do, do this in English is say something like Tice has black, white. Lycania has teeth. You, you can't do it in English. You really can't. But, but the Latin does it quite easily. Um, and notice that the, 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 the subjects are on the outside and the objects are right next to each other on the inside. And you can't do that. You can't do that in English poetry, but you can do it quite well in Latin poetry. It's almost like painting pictures. And then he asks a question. Quiratio est, what's the reason? Well, what would you think the reason would be? He tells you, the latter has bulk teeth. The former has her own. And so if you buy your teeth, they might be white. If you don't, they're probably black, which means they're probably in terrible shape. I like that uh, explanation better than being washed in urine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, um, and you might say, and you know, you might say, well, what in the world? Who would write a stupid poem like that? But I think the point, I think what he's trying to say maybe there is, yeah, you know, you can have all kinds of things, but is it artificial or is it real? Uh, I think he's what he's trying to point out. I Especially since the last word is suos. Gary, oh. mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that they had dentures. I Well, it in, is. In Roman times. Yeah. And I wonder, though, I bet they were horribly uncomfortable. And I bet they were, um, I bet they were a little bit like, I bet they were a little bit like those teeth you used to get at a carnival and you'd put them on. You remember those? Uh, uh -huh. And uh, I bet they didn't fit very well. And I bet uh -huh. that, you know, who knows though? Maybe you uh -huh. could get a, a guy who could fit you exactly with teeth. I don't know. I mean, I, it's interesting. I would never have thought of having false teeth if it wasn't for this poem. Would, would yeah. they have had, would they have had anything uh, like for, you know, for children, like um, braces or orthodontics? Oh, no. no, I don't. I don't think so. I never heard of that. I never heard of anything thing like that. In fact, I would be willing to bet. And I don't know this for sure. Maybe we can find this out that braces are a 20th century thing. I don't think they had braces so, yeah. in the 19th century. I think the braces are. I just didn't know if they had some way of, of doing that. Yeah, it would be nice if they did. I bet you a dollar they didn't. And of course, when you really think of it, the Romans would not have brushed their teeth after every meal. They didn't know to do that. Well, I guess one guy they did. Scraped, the guy that they did it scraped with their teeth. They scraped them. I they think. might have. They scraped their skin. Right. I told you the Romans are a very clean people. They bathed every day in like a sauna, what we would consider. But they didn't have something that we take for granted. And that is they did not have soap. Um, what they had was olive oil.
Right. And so they would rub olive oil all over themselves. Then they would get wet and then they would scrape their skin with a scraper and scrape that olive oil off. And that would scrape all the dirt off as well. Mm-hmm. And it worked, I guess. But, uh, you, you know, uh, cleaning with urine went all the way through the Middle Ages. And I think even way up into Victorian times, I think, I think it did, because urine is like ammonia. Really, what we right. what we use as ammonia, yeah. it has some of the same properties that urine. And they said the people that worked in these laundries died kind of young right. because they got you know poisoned, like the slaves that had to work in these laundries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. quite interesting. Much I guess say that's a pee poor job, isn't it? Yeah, pee poor <laughs> job, but it's not much different from people dying yeah. because they work around asbestos in our time, right. you know, right. or clean, you know, or even even maybe dry cleaners who dry have to cleaners. use cleaning fluids, you know, except they probably don't recognize how nasty the stuff is. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be quite as nasty. <laughs> as the, you know, that asbestos is an interesting thing, though. I went to school. We went down the basement at the school and played, and the room had these steam pipes in them covered with asbestos, and we would pick yeah. dag on things and probably eight pieces of them. And <laughs> and I don't know if anybody ever got asbestos, asbestitis, or whatever it's called. But of course, in Poor a factory, asbestos poisoning. Yeah. No, and you know, one of the schools that I taught in was closed down because they had to take out all the asbestos. And so, as mine was, asbestos. in fact, my water fountain in front of my room was the only water fountain they could drink out of because it was newer and it didn't have asbestos. And the rest of them did. They had to close them down and turn them off and take them out. And yeah, Gary, five till. Okay, Aww. five till right now. Yeah. Okay, let's see if we can do one more reading. I want to finish this reading. This is another reading about our friend Tice. Now, whether it's the same Tice or not, we don't know. Tice is a name a little bit like, you know, Jennifer or something, I suppose. By the way, the the name Tice is a Greek name, which means that this girl Tice is probably not a Roman. She's probably maybe an ex-slave, maybe a slave, uh, maybe a Greek person for you know person from greece but she's probably not your typical roman girl um and in the accusative this girl's name is tida tice is the nominative tida is the accusative because it's greek it's a greek name so this poem says tida quintus amon quintus is a roman boy what does it say about him he what he uh, loves tida. loves tice now the oh, question is, oh, Tice, that's right. <laughs> if I said, if I said, somebody loves Jennifer, you'd say which one, right? There's a whole bunch of them. Even in ACB, how many Cindy's do we have? Quite a few, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so Quintus loves Tice. Which Tice? Which one? Okay, which one does he love? One-eyed. Tice. One-eyed Tice. Now oh. that you might say, what does that mean? It probably means that she only had sight in one eye. Doesn't mean that she like was a cyclops walking around with one eye in the middle of her forehead. She probably had sight in one eye and not in the other eye. And so she, her eye looked a little weird. You know, I guess if you only have sight in one eye, you're, you're, the way you look is, is different. So he says, Unum oculum Tice no have it. Tice what? Uh, Tice doesn't have one eye. Tice doesn't have one eye. Ele duos. He has two. He he doesn't have two. He doesn't have. He doesn't two, have two. I'm sorry. Which means he's blind. No. Who? Well, maybe, maybe if that were literally true, it would be that. What he's saying is 
if he loves her, he must not be able to see her. It's not a very nice poem. I mean, I mean, it's it's a kind of a cut down, and that you don't expect that ending, do you? Quintus loves Tice. Which Tice? One-eyed Tice. He doesn't have one eye, or, or she doesn't have one eye. That's true, but he doesn't have two. Boy, that isn't nice. That's no. as dark as well, it gets. These epigrams are kind of. They're like middle school cut downs, kind of, if you want to be like that. But notice what he does. He doesn't pick out any particular person to, to do this to. He picks out names that are common. And so it'd be like saying, you know, Cindy or Jennifer or something like that, uh, or, you know, uh, or Tom or, or Jim or Bob. And so you can't pin it on any one particular person, except we know that Tice is the one that only has one eye. Aaron, so, no, too. Okay. Could it you. literally? Could it mean? Uh, uh, is it then impossible for it to mean that one person is blind? It's not impossible, but I. But that takes all the humor out of it. I don't think he would have. No, said but that. I mean, could it? Could it be translated that way, or would that just be ridiculous? If you did, it wouldn't. It. It could. You know. It. The way it's written, of course, they just left words out. You could say that, but I think what it takes the whole meaning of it away. He wants to be Fine, a little satirical here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's doing it with people without mentioning any real people's names. You know, it would be like writing a poem about John and Joe, and then anybody named John and Joe would look at that poem and say, is he talking about me or not? You know. All right, we got to go, guys, but uh, you got a lot of homework to do. If you don't hmm. know these verbs, go over them. Hmm. And uh, please do the exercises. Uh, and next week, we'll, next week, I think what we might do is leave verbs for a bit and go back to nouns and learn the last two cases of the nouns. And I think we'll continue to talk about the Trojan War, and we might even have another Marshall reading. Who knows? Any questions? Don't hesitate to write to me during the week if you get stuck. Okay, and thanks again for getting those notes out Thank so you. soon. Oh, I'll it, try. It, I'm know. trying really hard to get them yes. out. So, and, and these are such great classes. They really yeah. are. And I know it's Thank a labor of love. I appreciate My students didn't like them that much, let me tell you. <laughs> I really don't. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you. Have thank a blessed you, uh, week. What's that? Yes, thank you. Have Same to you. Thank week. you, uh, uh, Chris, Kristen, Christy. Christy, Christy. you're Christy. welcome. Christy. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. Appreciate it. Goodbye.